0: Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone, welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark, with me as always is my girlfriend Carol. How are you doing today, Carol?
1: Hey, what's up?
0: Not much, it's been a good week here. It is October
1: 19th, 1996. It is, it is that.
0: And... There's a dude out there that's quirky about
1: quarks, Carol. What in the actual fuck?
0: Who's quirky about quarks, you ask? Bill Nye, the science guy. Looks like Tim Allen. Beloved by kids and adults. Yeah, he does. He looks a little like Tim Allen. Uh, probably funnier than Tim <laughs> Allen.
1: He also looks like he's high like Tim Allen. So, Oh, God. Works out. Tim
0: Allen was busted on cocaine charges. Don't look into it.
1: Uh, He's Detroit zone. He's the
0: quintessential science geek, a borderline space case with a long lab coat and a slightly cockeyed bow tie who sprinkles every conversation with mini lessons about the wonders of science. And with an estimated 4.5 million fans watching him every week, Bill Nye the Science Guy is also one of the most potent and influential sponsors of children's what, what, televisions.
1: What, what was that word?
0: I'm trying to. I'm poutant. Tra- I'm trying to give you more
1: fuel. <laughs> sure, that's tr- all it I'm is. I'm throwing you some bones. Uh uh-huh. huh.
0: But yeah, have you? You've you've heard of Bill Nye, right? Of course. Yeah, of course. Of course, I've heard of him. Everyone Nye. in the world's heard of him. Apparently, Well, like
1: my little niece and nephew watched him. Of
0: course, I've heard of Bill Nye what do you think of what do you think of bill nye bill Nahai.
1: i think he's a science guy
0: yeah do you like do you like have you seen his show
1: no no okay (laughs) yes i have but i don't (laughs) want to talk about it because you're gonna make fun of me
0: why why am i I like it he's no mr wizard (laughs) (laughs) go ahead what's this show like it's. I think I've seen it before. It's the like the, all the fast cutting like uh, whoa looks over there. Yeah, you know, and it's
1: right? like you know when I can't sleep and it's on like really early in the morning. You know it's 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 good. It's, yeah, it's entertaining after
0: a nice uh, night of drinking. Right.
1: <laughs> relax like, with some Bill Nye. <laughs> he made me understand how soap works, and for that I'll always be grateful. <laughs> Well, did you know that? Like,
0: did it, wh- without Wait, when, when and how did he do this? Did he was he in your shower and were you not using soap? But properly until you. No,
1: it's not like I didn't know how to use soap. I just didn't understand how soap works.
0: Oh, the mechanism,
1: like how the- normally, like water just kind of rolls off. Sure, but the soap like gets it under that top layer so it actually gets your skin.
0: Right, exactly, yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah, have you ever... There's a experiment where you can put... I think it's maybe pepper or something like that. You put a bunch of stuff in a bowl and then you drop a, a thing of soap in there and it all, like, it, it like goes to the sides.
1: Really? Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Well, it's all cool.
1: It is all cool.
0: So many cool things that Bill Nye does. But you know what's not cool? Hmm. Is... Apparently, students using spell check.
1: <laughs> what?
0: There's a so Ann Landers is. I don't want to read these. I
1: don't like her. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's an Ann Landers article, but I don't want to like. I, I don't. I don't want to read these, so I'm not really going to read these. But I'll just go through real quick. Okay. Somebody wrote in about she doesn't like a teacher doesn't know exactly how to grade if somebody does it on the computer spell check all that stuff and everyone's like don't use spell check spell checks for nazis what (laughs) that's essentially what they're saying like spell check's the worst and learn english and stuff like that
1: but i mean like what's the difference between spell check and like fucking editing your paper with a dictionary because spell check
0: might confuse two two and two okay and you should know the difference, I guess. I don't know. I, I do. Yeah. Well, I, I know. I think it's dumb, too. They, they're dinosaurs. The, all these people writing in here are dinosaurs. Okay. But anyway, uh, secret to marital bliss, Carol. Dear Ann Landers, Ugh. my wife and I are writing in response to too well-rested and would love to be exhausted. What? That's the, that's the name. That's what the person signed it as too well-rested, and would love to be exhausted.
1: What, What a complainer. She
0: said you only... Because they're not having sex. She said you print only letters from people who get too much sex or not enough. She asked, aren't there any married couples who enjoy sex with each other and aren't out looking for someone more exciting? We can answer her question. Because we are one of those couples. The secret is that first... You have to be in love with the person you marry. Then you must keep the lines of communication open. Too many couples don't really talk to each other. Do things together, even if it's just the dishes. (laughs) Husbands, take your wives away for a weekend. (laughs) Do the dishes or take your wives away. My wife and I have been married for nearly 18 years, and we have made love almost every night. Holy crap. Even when I didn't think I felt like it. (laughs) You mean uh, when you were rashing from the every day, right? You would be surprised what a little tender touching and kissing could do to get you in the mood. This is our secret formula for a successful marriage. Spread the word, Anne.
1: Oh my goodness!
0: They're in Jacksonville, Florida.
1: Well, that explains it. They're
0: they're as sweaty as uh, as Dylan and and his lady love uh, right. in the last episode. Listen to uh, the nine hundred two and show to get that reference.
1: Every night.
0: What do you think about that?
1: So I think every night is too much.
0: Married couple eighteen years. So for the last eighteen years, every single night they've had sex. That's what? That's like over three th- that's over like four thousand times.
1: I mean, wouldn't you just eventually get tired?
0: That's almost that's gotta be like it's gotta be like in the neighborhood of like six thousand, five like five to six thousand times. Wow. So much so many times to have sex. I mean, sex is good, but it's it's kinda of like eating ice cream every day, right?
1: Right. It gets old, doesn't it? You am I, I mean, crazy? Well, I mean, I don't think it gets old. I'm just like I, I would imagine every day? that there are times when, you know, you might not feel like it and then it would seem like some kind of catastrophe if you're used to it every day.
0: They have to own stock and Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> our electrolytes really need to be replenished, every
1: or day. wine,
0: oh yeah, that's a good point, <laughs> but yeah i don't i don't I don't every night is a lot, but what yeah. do you think do you, what do you think about their their tips? be in love, keep the lines of communication open, do the dishes together, take your wife away for the weekend
1: um, I think the take your wife away for the weekend is a bit sexist. <laughs> <laughs> like, why Why can't your wife take you away? Or why can't you just go away together? Why does the man have to be providing the why trip to the woman? Why
0: can't Calgon take you away?
1: <laughs> right. What, and, would um, you, what
0: would you give? We don't have sex every day.
1: Right. But I
0: say we have a good sex life. Yes, for sure. What would you say our, our secret is?
1: I think that's a little personal to put out on a tape, don't you? You don't... What? You... <laughs> didn't ask what
0: uh, what moves you were doing <laughs> i mean you don't i was just you don't think that our secret is uh we have a secret that's really personal i don't get it
1: well what do you think our secret is since you obviously want to you know throw it out there for the world
0: i mean i'm just i think that we i think that we love each other and mm-hmm. uh, that's that's i mean that's that's basically a given you have to you have to actually care about the person you're with to, if you're married, to actually have sex on a regular basis. But I think that we tell each other how much we love each other and how attractive we think each other is on a fairly regular basis. And I think that we share a lot of things together. We do this show together. I think there's I, 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 there's just a closeness. And it, I think... You need to get to an intimacy level. If you yeah. have a, if you have an intimacy level where you can just cuddle and watch TV together or you know things like that where you really get each other then I think that I think that's the secret to a good physical relationship. Well, you know,
1: you have to be nice to each other. Yeah. Like that's a big thing cuz if you know you're pissed at each other you're not going to want to have sex. No. And really if you does. do it's not gonna be good (laughs)
0: well it's not gonna be it can can be you know angry sex is a thing right sure that can be that could be something
1: i don't know mostly i don't want to be touched when i'm pissed but whatever (laughs) well yeah
0: you so there's like how people talk about like makeup sex and stuff like that that's that's not a thing with you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there is no, like, okay, this is going to make me feel better, or, like, let's make up, and, you know, that that's, that kind of shit doesn't happen. So I just don't get into fights with them.
1: <laughs> it just, it's not worth it for you, huh? No, not at okay. all. <laughs>
0: uh, but is it worth it to you, Carol, to see the Phantom of the Opera at the Masonic Temple? Yeah. All right.
1: I love the Phantom of the Opera. I got to see the Phantom of the Opera at um, the Phantom... The Pantages
0: the Theatre the in, in Toronto, Toronto.
1: yeah. And, oh, that's the fancy one. And I would love to see it again.
0: All right, let's go. What? It's $20 to $65 for tickets. Yeah. And we should do it. They'll be there through December 8th.
1: It's my favorite musical.
0: This is so any of you living for in Opera? This is the list, the entertainment list for any of you living in the Detroit area. Um, let's see What else is going on We got Lost Lobos
1: What now? Lost Lobos? What does that mean? It's a band Lobos Lobos Like lobes The He's lobes lobe.
0: Yeah that's what it's It stands for the lobes Okay I don't know I don't speak Spanish You should know what Lobos means I don't though <laughs> How about uh, Outcast With a K It's like the The Wonders When they spell themselves The ODers <laughs> Right it's Outcast at St. Andrews Hall, twenty dollars.
1: How can Outcast cost the same as the Family of the Opera?
0: Because no one's ever heard of them yet. Um, so they have a they have a they have a couple albums out. Uh, they have this song, Atlians. It's like uh, because they're from Atlanta, so it's like aliens, but it's Atlians.
1: That sounds uh, dumb. Well,
0: Outcast is they're a it's rap group, so I know that you are not into the, that, right? But they're uh, two dudes, uh, Big Boy, spelled B O I. They like they like misspelling things. Interesting. And uh, a guy named Andre Three Thousand. So, if you are interested, go see them at St. Andrews Hall. Limited seating because it's a small venue. But I mean, they're not a big, they're not a big thing. Uh, what about Juanita's birthday?
1: <laughs> what?
0: Juanita's birthday celebration with the Wilberts-Pegler trio.
1: What in the hell is happening? Somebody is having a birthday party and they put it in the paper?
0: Absolutely they did. Carol, that is exactly
1: what's happening. That's insanity.
0: Yep. George Clinton is going to be at the the P-Funk All-Stars is going to be at uh, Hill Auditorium at, at North University in Ann Arbor. And then if you're into comedy, Dave Coulier of, uh, what's that show called, that, that dumb fucking show that he was on?
1: Dave's World? Full House. Oh. Which one is he, Dave?
0: Cut It Out.
1: Oh. Uh, he was the comedian on the show. Joey,
0: yeah. Yeah. The hacky comedian on the show and a hacky comedian in real life, so it was a stretch. He's going to be at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. That's in Royal Oak for all of you interested. But, uh, yeah, go ahead and check him out and cut him out. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I like stand-up comedy. He's not good.
1: I don't know. I like some stand-up. I wouldn't mind seeing, like, Ray Romano or Jerry Seinfeld or the people that are so good that they end up, like, with fucking television shows, but, like... Like the two people you just mentioned. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> but I mean just like regular stand up comedy, nah Stand up what? <laughs> stand up comedy. Okay. Shut up. You are so mean. You got me twice. I can't get you once. You're not nice to me, you know what that means?
0: Oh no. <laughs> I think you're very smart, very pretty. Okay, there you go. Uh but someone is very dumb and very ugly. Uh oh. Bob Talbert, who's been doing this. And now, I, for those of you that don't live around here, Bob Talbert's a columnist who has been writing this column in the Detroit News for like, I, I don't know, like 20 years almost, something like that. A long time. And it's always weird and nonsensical.
1: Okay. Let me
0: read through some of this and see if you can make some heads of this weird list.
1: nonsensical stuff, okay. Feedback and follow-up.
0: A while back, I wondered here about a male equivalent to a female's playing with her long hair. What? And then he has a a, a question mark. That's not a question. That you're just stating something. First to respond with the most off suggested equivalent, a man playing with his mustache or stroking his beard, was WKQIFM personality Kevin O'Neill. A man's periodic pulling at his mustache was one of our pet peeve person of the day. Mentions, i.e. Uh, mentions on the afternoon show, says the Detroit radio vet. When I see a guy staring in space and pulling at his mustache, I want to go up and say, yes, it's still there when you pulled it from 10 minutes ago. <laughs> it's a weird, okay. weird pet peeve to have about something somebody's doing. Right. The second most common suggestion was males adjusting their jocks, jingling their pockets, changing their pockets, came in third. Do you think that the guys adjusting their jocks is as bad as girls playing with their ponytails? I think
1: it's much worse.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. My favorite response came from Southfield's Karen Russ, who says, with the men she's around, it's the same thing, playing with their long hair, especially ponytails. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, it's... it's yeah, Long hair ha- has a resurgence in popularity.
1: Yeah. Um... But I don't really see guys, like, twirling it around mm-hmm. often.
0: Now, there is no new heading or anything like that. Just dot, dot, dot after this. Okay. I mentioned I mentioned a friend who died while listening to his favorite song. What the fuck? The Rolling Stones' Sympathy for the Devil. Quite a few people responded with songs they'd like to check out by.
1: Interesting.
0: Grand Rapids Sandy Voss said, had to get my vote in for the song, I'd die happy hearing absolutely Bruce Springsteen's Jungle Land, especially Clarence Clemens's saxophone solo. It's the closest thing to musical transcendence I know. Wow. Wald Lake's Kim Jensen of Jensen Aluminum Products Commercial <laughs> says if I was going to if I was going and then it says to die, <laughs> what do you mean if if you were going to die? <laughs> I'd want to hear Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix, the long version, with this lyric. If I don't see you no more in this world, I'll see you in the next one, and don't be late.
1: Are you sure you're not just buying time? (laughs) Who, me? (laughs) No, no. I mean, like, listening to the long long (laughs) song.
0: It's like uh, the Grim Reaper's like, okay, you get one more song before (laughs) you die, and it's like... I want to listen to American Pie.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> What's the longest
0: song? I don't know. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Chesterfield Reader EP. Miss whatever drew drew the wrath of some other readers by praising old musicals like South Pacific while calling Broadway musical legend Andrew Lloyd Webber's Andrew Lloyd Webber talentless <gasps> and his by music tongue. unforgettable and unhumable. <laughs> I don't really like Andrew Lloyd Webber that much. I'll be honest with you. The Phantom of the opera is an exception. I like that show, mm-hmm. but he did that cats shit. And, like I don't. There's a lot I don't like about what he does. Uh, not only do I hum his music, I play the scores of many of his productions on the piano. Writes George Cherry of West Bloomfield's New Texas Incorporated. <laughs> what is this? What is happening? <laughs> is it just a bunch of commercials? Like people from products are writing in. But anyway, the reason I read that to you is uh-huh. I wanted to ask you the question. Okay. First of all, I want, just wanted you to, to experience some of Bob Talbert's fucking weirdness because he just he he shifts from one thing to, to the next. But if you if you had a song that you, that you it was like this is the last song you get to hear on Earth or whatever, what would it be?
1: Wow, that is a tough question. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just off the top of my head. Uh, sure. Amazing Grace.
0: Oh, that's that's kind of like kissing up.
1: Isn't it? <laughs> like I was listening to that. I was listening to your song, God. No,
0: mine would be uh, "Raise You Up," the, the hymn.
1: No, I just because I Raise you up on the last day. I think it's comforting. Oh, okay. And I think if I were dying, I'd want something comforting.
0: Well, that one dude wanted to listen to "Sympathy for the Devil."
1: seems weird. Weird. Yeah. How about you? What would you choose? Um that's
0: that's weird. That's a it's an interesting question.
1: So you 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 wanted to ask me but you didn't have an answer for yourself?
0: No, it's not like I I just read this. I wasn't thinking of it all week or anything. <laughs> um hmm, what would mine be? I like, you know, there's a um a Nirvana song called Lithium.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. I I guess that
0: would be it. Because it's comforting
1: to me. Okay, lithium is comforting to lots of people. Well, it's
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's a relaxing song. It's like it's the Xanax of music.
1: Okay. Wow, is that what Xanax sounds like to you? Yes. (laughs) That's
0: the auditory, the auditory avatar of 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 Xanax.
1: I need to try some of what you're uh, you're taking there. Okay. Okay.
0: This week, though, we tried and succeeded in watching Friends.
1: Yes. I don't know how we could fail at that. Still. I mean, (laughs) like. Well, we
0: could have programmed the VCR incorrectly and not recorded or something. I mean, we watched it live, but.
1: We could have lost power. Yeah. I guess.
0: Still don't know what Friends stands for. F period, R period, I period, E period.
1: (laughs) I don't think it stands for anything. I think. What are the dots? I think they just wanted to add color. Because it's like black letters, but colored dots. They should have just made the letters colored.
0: Yeah. They could have made them different colors. It could have been like TGI Fridays. (laughs) I know what that stands
1: for. Right? Me too. Thank goodness it's Fridays. No. Thank God it's Friday. Come on.
0: Oh, really?
1: Get it together.
0: Restaurant chain has taken a stance on deities. I think so. All right. Anyway, so we watched, we watched friends. Here's a little peek into our lives, okay? We watched, I know Carol wants to keep you all out. She doesn't want to give you the secrets of our successful relationship. I just
1: want to keep them out of our bedroom. You know, I don't think that's too much to ask. Well, no, don't come to
0: our bedroom. That's obviously
1: not I mean, hot. unless you're really hot. <laughs> and a girl. Right? <laughs>
0: Women only, as they say in the uh, alternative section.
1: We should put an ad out in the alternative section <laughs> really? to see who answers. To to
0: get you, do you want to invite another woman? No,
1: but I just think it'd be interesting to see if we get answers. We could like play them on the show or something. Yeah,
0: yeah. Let's just just let's just fuck with people's uh, emotions. <laughs> Why not? On the show, sounds good. <laughs> anyway, here's a peek into our lives. We watch Friends every week. We don't talk about Friends every week because we try to, to talk about different shows all the time, but we watch Friends every week, and we've done Friends before, but I we thought that this episode in particular was interesting, so we wanted to talk about it. Yeah. This is called The One with Francis
1: Albert Sinatra no, Jr. stop. No. What's his name? Frank Jr. Oh, same thing. So Frank Jr. is Phoebe's brother. Yes. Because, like, she had just recently connected with uh, him trying to connect with her dad, but I think, wasn't her dad dead or something? I don't yeah, know. I think so. So she's trying to have a relationship with her, like, half-brother?
0: Yeah, and he's played by the incomparable. I
1: don't know. Oh, I do don't know his name. Do you not? You can keep pointing at me, but it's not going to change do the blankness in my brain do right now. Not? Sorry. <laughs> do you not know? I don't. I don't either. What the fuck! I just, so, you're <laughs> such an ass. <sighs> uh, actor. So,
0: he's played by an actor.
1: But okay, so he's like a weird freak, and I think he's a teenager too. I don't. Okay, so this it, it's
0: what? so hard to tell because it's Hollywood. He he's clearly a 27 year old man. Well, yeah, but maybe he is supposed to be 17. I don't know. She asks him at one point what he likes to do, and he says, I like to melt stuff.
1: I mean, I hope he's a child. You know, I mean.
0: Maybe his brain is damaged from all the melting.
1: I don't know. And then that's what he's doing. She lets him melt stuff in her apartment, which a seems spoon. really dumb. I thought he was going to shoot up heroin. <laughs> it was a plastic spoon. Yeah, but when you, see,
0: when, you see a, a, when you see a lighter around a spoon, I mean, heroin's the first thing I'm thinking.
1: Oh, God, I hope nobody ever tries that. They get some plastic in their (laughs) vein.
0: That's the most dangerous thing about heroin,
1: is some plastic in your (laughs) veins. I think it would be bad.
0: (laughs) I mean, you know, the heroin's fine.
1: Everything about it is... Sharing
0: sharing needles with people and getting AIDS is fine.
1: Okay, so we took this to a dark place. We always do. Okay, so, no, seriously, though. Her little brother...
0: Is is on heroin,
1: and she's miserable. Well, she, she seems pretty sad. She's so
0: she's trying really hard to open up lines of communication to find something in common with him, and she is, is seemingly failing mm-hmm. because she's like, yeah, because she's like, what do you like? And he's like, I like to melt stuff and. I, I don't like things that don't melt. <laughs> and what else does she ask him? Oh, about her. Like, she says, can you can you roll your tongue?
1: Right. This was her fault, though, because she can't, but she thought she could, and she thought that was a thing that they could share, but in reality, they didn't, even though he could roll his tongue. It was really stupid.
0: Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. She's, yeah, because she says, can you roll your tongue? Because I can, and my mom couldn't, and I always thought that was something I shared, I got from my dad. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then she sticks her tongue out, and she's not rolling it. He's like, you're not doing it. He's like, oh, my mom could do it, and I can't.
1: Just a very Phoebe thing.
0: What a, what a, what a, if she had gotten that right, though, what a question that would have been. Can you not roll your tongue?
1: Right? <laughs> sure. I can roll my tongue. I can, too. Mm, okay, but see, they can't see us, so I guess doing that is not helpful.
0: <laughs> Theater of the mind, everyone. <laughs> She stuck her tongue five inches
1: out. But she uh she gets called into work and mm-hmm. she's a masseuse.
0: Yes. And that's been well established. She's a masseur. No. I guess is is masseur a male masseuse? I don't know. Anyway, she's a masseuse.
1: But it's so obvious that he thinks that means that she's a hooker.
0: Well he thinks it's a rub-and-tug place.
1: Yeah, he's like, you work at one of those uh, massage parlors? Because, <laughs> you know, he's 12. And she's
0: oblivious.
1: Yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, I do massages and stuff. That was the mistake.
0: Yeah, why did she say in stuff?
1: I don't know. What else do they do there? I don't know.
0: <laughs> Maybe they do some stuff. Who knows? But So she says, why don't you come down with me? You can get a massage, too. And he's like, What? She's like, oh, I wouldn't do you. I'd get one of my friends to. And then he gets all happy.
1: (laughs) And he's like, do Monica and Rachel work there?
0: (laughs) Yeah, because he thinks they're hot.
1: So then he ends up uh, trying to, you know, cop a feel on the masseuse. And then, like, Phoebe's mad because she's like, that's what you think that I did? And then he opens up to her about how, like, much he's sad because he doesn't want to be upset with him and he wanted to, you know, have this good relationship and he thinks the weekend's been going really well.
0: She's like, what? And he's like, yeah, like, all our great talks.
1: Right. Like about melting stuff. And the
0: tongue thing. (laughs) Like, he thinks those were in-depth conversations.
1: But she's just happy because her brother cares about her or whatever. But the funniest part of this episode... Okay. ...is... It, to me, anyway, the list, they really have a thing with lists on this show. Yeah. Um, but they come up with the idea to make a list of five celebrities that they could cheat with.
0: Yeah. I don't know. They say this as if it's a thing. I've, I've never, never heard, heard of, of it, it <laughs> before, but they say it as if like it's a, oh, yeah, you so know she's on my list or whatever.
1: Right. So Ross is such a dork.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> such an incredible dork.
1: That he not only types it out, but laminates his list, yep. and he puts a lot of thought into it. Oh yeah, because he wants to, he wants to put Isabella Rossellini on his list, mm-hmm. but then Joey's like, "Oh no, she's a uh, oh, no. international."
0: <laughs> he channels her countryman and goes, "Oh no, <laughs> oh no Ross, not Isabella." <laughs> She's a shit she's a greatest export. You cannot. You cannot soil her
1: off. Oh my goodness. He says that he should pick somebody local. Yeah,
0: someone who's in the country more.
1: And Rachel's like Yeah, because that's why you're not gonna get with Isabella Rossellini right. geography. So he bumps her for Winona Ryder. Which is fine, I guess. I guess. Except she shows up in the coffee house.
0: Isabella Rossellini, she's there.
1: And he tries to pick her up. And I think he might have been actually maybe going to get somewhere. No. Maybe. Okay. Maybe maybe somewhere. Not sex necessarily. But. Well,
0: okay. So he says one thing that's charming. Mm-hmm. He says, can I buy you a coffee? And they bring her back her change. And he goes, or reimburse you for this one.
1: And she laughs. Right. And, um... But- You need
0: more than one line to get a girl in the sack.
1: Well, and then he's very awkward and says almost immediately how she's on his list of celebrities he's allowed to have sex with.
0: Because she says, aren't you with that girl over there?
1: Yeah. And he could have been like, no.
0: Or he could have said, she's just a friend. Or he could have even just said, we have an understanding. Like he said, and just kept it at that. Like, we have an understanding I can see other people, where we both see other people, or whatever. Yeah, we're not exclusive.
1: But he says you're on my list of people I can have sex with.
0: Well, he, he's like we're on my list, and she's like, "What list?" And he talks, he says, "He's like, so I get to have sex with you." <laughs> <laughs> she's and like, she "Oh looks, yeah."
1: <laughs> she looks startled, like like just visibly startled. Like who wouldn't be?
0: Well, she's a great actress. <laughs> she really sells it.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> she's like, "Can I see the list?" And he's like, "Oh no, right. yeah, he's like, oh no,
0: <laughs> she's <"Shut up.">
1: <laughs>
0: a <laughs> Oh no! He becomes depressed. He's like Mario, but he's depressed. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm just
1: gonna lay down here oh, on this mushroom. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> she points out that she is not on his list. Mm-hmm. And he tries to say, "Oh, it's not finished." And she's like, "But it's laminated." Okay.
0: So he he says that, you know, he explains the whole thing and how it's still okay or whatever. And she's like, "Well, you know, you, you I just bumped you
1: <laughs> from or whatever, like, I don't know. I have my list of goofy coffee house guys." Right.
0: The thing I think that she says that's the funniest though is he's like, Come on, Isabella, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity or whatever and she goes, For you, For you
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. Who would be on your list? Oh, so I have to go first, huh? Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh I'm gonna say Elizabeth Hurley. They mention her. Yeah. And I would definitely put her on my list. I know a lot of people like the Pamela Anderson from Baywatch, mm-hmm. but I'm more on the guy's side. I like that Yasmeen Bleeth. Yeah. She's more my type, for sure. Uh, so I guess her. Okay. I'm trying to think who else I would put on the list. He has Dorothy Hamill on his list. That's weird. And they, they, Rachel has a very like sexual innuendo line when she says, uh, you know, she only spins like that on ice.
1: That was funny.
0: Um, okay, so I need three more.
1: You could be like Chandler and have, uh, Jessica Rabbit,
0: Right. You know, there's, uh, an actress who is in a movie called Sex, Lies, and Videotape. <gasps> I La- love that movie. Laura Sangiacomo. Is we her need name. To do that She way. was also in, um, Pretty Woman with, uh, she was the hooker friend of Julia Roberts. So I think her, I mm-hmm. put her on the list. Okay uh I'm trying to think who else who's local in detroit um uh tim allen's wife from home improvement no, I'm just um let's see what else uh everybody loves raymond's wife really yeah really yep okay and then one more why, why are you looking
1: at me like this? i'm just i'm interested i'm, I'm waiting
0: lonnie anderson I don't know who that is. She was on WKRP in Cincinnati. Wait, no, you know what? Lonnie Anderson stays. Instead of Everybody Loves Raymond's wife though, Valerie Bertinelli. Okay. I can see that. Ooh. And oh man, Kate Jackson too. From uh Oh, and Cheryl Ladd. Um
1: uh, f- what about uh the girl from Mannequin?
0: Cool, Kim Catrell?
1: Yeah. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Wait a He's second. I'm so excited. Okay,
0: yeah, Kim Cattrall for sure. Colleen Camp. How can I forget Colleen Camp? I don't know. I don't
1: know who she is. She's an actress. Okay.
0: All right, I'm done.
1: Okay, so... Um, Who's on your list? So my final
0: would be uh, Kim Cattrall, Colleen Camp, uh, Lonnie Anderson, Laura Sangio Como, and Elizabeth Hurley.
1: Nice. So, the dude who was in Townies and the movie we watched this week, what's his name? Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> really? Ron Livingston. Okay, so, name.
1: Ron Livingston.
0: He was in that terrible, yeah, I can't, I, I, we'll talk about him when we get to the movie.
1: Okay. Um, townies. Leonardo- what about the other
0: guy in Townies? The actual, uh, the actual Boston guy. What was his name? Billy Burr.
1: No. <laughs> He's got, like, really pale skin and light Red hair. hair and...
0: Yeah. he looks like He, he no. looks like if he went outside, he'd burst into flames. Yeah, no.
1: Not for me. <laughs> okay. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio.
0: <clears throat> Leonardo DiCaprio from What's Eating Gilbert Grape?
1: And The Basketball
0: Diaries. Yeah, that's right. He was in that movie, too. Um,
1: maybe Matthew Perry. Oh,
0: interesting. Okay.
1: Um... I'm trying to think, like
0: more than Matt LeBlanc, huh?
1: Yeah. Um. Oh no. Now I'm. I'm not sure because. Okay. I was thinking Brad Pitt, but then I'm also thinking Tom Cruise.
0: Well, you have five,
1: but that's all five, and I'm not done. It's only four. No, I've got, um, the first dude. Ron, which, Livingston. Ron <laughs> Livingston.
0: God, you'd have sex with me, you wouldn't even know his name. <laughs> <laughs> After they'd be like, "Well, this was great." Mm, <clears throat> Townies. What's your name again?
1: Um, okay, so Ron Livingston, Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Matthew Perry.
0: Oh yeah, you said Matthew Perry, I forgot.
1: Uh oh and Thomas Tom Yeah, Cruise. Tom Cruise. But also, um the Val guy Kimmel. that like the guy who played uh
0: <sighs> What about George Clooney? Yeah. From 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 E R.
1: Yeah, he's also very cute. Who else? Um, who? on Magnum PI. Oh, <laughs> Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. It's a bit of an older one, but okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. For real, Tom Selleck.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh. <laughs> Livingston. Ron Livingston. <laughs> um, Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry. Oh, oh, Matthew Perry makes the final. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, George Clooney. That was a good, good one. Okay. And, um.
0: Oh, wow. Real mm. selfie's choice here. Tom Selleck. You said Tom Selleck already. I
1: did? Yeah, that was the first one you said. No, I didn't. Livingston. Yeah, you said Tom Selleck, Livingston. I
0: don't know. Your list is all fucking over the place. (laughs) Matthew Perry. You said Tom Selleck, Ron Livingston, Matthew Perry. A fourth one
1: uh tom cruise no i don't know fuck it forget it
0: brad pitt oh george clooney that was it that's yeah yeah, that's what you said okay so you said tom Selleck, ron livingston matthew perry george clooney you get one more
1: uh tom cruise
0: more than bradley pitts huh yeah interesting what about uh, what about that guy from... Uh,
1: Don't throw more options at yeah. well, me. I cannot of, of, make decisions. Uh,
0: I know you liked the guy that was in that, that movie a couple years ago. Um, shit, I can't remember the name of the movie. But it was about the 70s, and uh, he played the guy that always liked to have sex with uh, the high school girls. He'd say like, uh, all right, all right, all right. Oh,
1: yeah. Matthew McConaughey, that's his name. Okay, yeah. (laughs) He goes on the list. (laughs) I'll spend some time on this this week, and I'll I'll give you my final version. If you guys
0: want to write in your lists, (laughs) right? (laughs) let us know your lists of uh, celebrities that you would uh, get to cheat with
1: latefee1994 at AOL.com and we could read them. Yeah,
0: we'll read them if you write them in.
1: And I'll finish mine and read mine.
0: I'll tell you what. I I'll would, laminate it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Even if I met, even if I met them and they were into it, I wouldn't do it though.
1: Well, neither would I. It's just fun. Yeah.
0: But speaking of fun, we watched a, a movie with your your, uh, your new crush apparently, <laughs> Ron Livingston. Uh, called Swingers.
1: Yeah, it was a really fun movie. I liked this a lot.
0: I enjoyed it as well. Uh, it's so it stars. It was written by and starring uh this dude John Favreau, who was in Rudy, with the other guy that's in this movie uh oh. Vincent Vaughn. Mm. So they were in Rudy together. They played. They were they were members of the football team. They were like bit bit parts both of them. Is
1: this a, a make you cry movie Rudy?
0: Yeah. It's about it's uh Sean Astin plays from the Goonies. Plays a dude that is like super small, but he's always wanted to play for Notre Dame. He's always wanted to get on the field. But it's based on true story. And he he tries his ass off you know, it's like, it's his life's goal. He struggles to even get into the university, like academically. He like helps out with the football team. Then he finally gets on the practice squad. He gets the shit kicked out of him every day. Cause he's like five feet tall and a hundred pounds. Wow. He's not built to be a football player. Right. But he's got like, you know, a tremendous amount of heart. And last game of the season comes, like the coach was like, well, you know, we'll, we'll let you suit up and play like, you know, for a game. Right. And, uh, they they do the the final thing and it's like he's not on the list so he's not going to play. So one by one, every member of the uh, the team comes in and, and puts their jersey on the the coach's desk. He's like he's like you know Rudy can take my place and they all come in and say it. it's like big you know moment. So he gets to play. Cool. Yep it's it's a it's a, it's <laughs> it's a movie. It's a movie about a guy that wants to play on Notre Dame's football team, and he gets to play one, one play. One wow. play of one game.
1: That's That sounds like the kind of movie that only a sports fanatic a, would really emotionally connect to. Well,
0: here's the thing. I don't agree, but it is a dude movie. It's like Brian's song. It's a guy movie.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So this movie, though, Swingers, mm-hmm. it feels like hanging out with friends. Yeah, for sure. I mean cuz that's basically what the whole movie is. Oh yeah. It's so I have I I uh saw
0: a couple interviews with this Johnny Fevero. Um and it's like Brett Favre. He's got a weird last name, a weirdly spelled last name. But I think that's what it is. Fat f- whatever. John. I'll mm-hmm. call him John. Okay. F. Uh he I saw some interviews with him. Apparently his dad bought him a script writing software, like software that like helps you format screenplays,
1: like fill in the blank, kind of. Yeah,
0: and he's like, he's an actor, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, okay, I'll mess around with this and see if I can write a script just to see if I can do it and how it works. And this is the script he wrote.
1: That's so funny. And
0: they, when he was shopping it around, they had there were people they were like, oh, let's put. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt and stuff in this movie and everything and, and like I guess he resisted a bunch of these changes for like big Hollywood names and stuff like that and they ended up producing this and, and somebody that he knows named uh, Doug Lyman uh, directed the movie these are all everyone in this movie is like a you've never heard of him person mm-hmm. so him his, his one of his best friends or whatever I guess this Vincent Vaughn is in the movie, plays a big role in the movie. Um there's a love interest that comes in at the end. New actress, like I mean not new, but me she's never really been in anything. Uh director's never directed a movie before. <laughs> John Favreau's never written a movie before. This shouldn't work at all, but somehow it does.
1: It's just magic. It all just comes together.
0: Like you said, it's it's atmosphere. But it's also story. Yeah. Like, there's there's a through line of a story here.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there's a, you know, very clear, you know, character arc where, yeah. you know, the main guy has broken up with his girlfriend six months ago and moved out to L.A. at that time. How he has all these friends out here that, like, seem like they knew him his whole life, but he just moved out here, I really don't get it.
0: Well, he's they been out really,
1: there for six months they don't explain it but I mean it seems like they know each other more than that
0: well the Ron Livingston guy the, the one he can only talk to by the way like you said Ron Livingston's in this uh, and playing someone with his own accent instead of a terrible Boston accent right but he they've they've known each other for like their whole lives okay because he came from they like established he came from New York. Back, back east as well. Because he's like, well, you're you're making it out here, so I figure I can make it out here. Yeah, and they're all they're all actors trying to get it, trying to break into Hollywood.
1: Or he's a comedian. Yeah, he's a
0: comedian trying to. Well, he's a comedian and actor. He says, yeah, trying to break in to Hollywood. He says that they made it sound like you know any su- successful comedian. They're they're handing out pilots at the the <laughs> airport or whatever. You know, right. pilots for television shows, not handing out pilots for
1: planes. But he's just completely obsessed with this ex-girlfriend, and every day comes home and checks his machine to see if she called, and Uh he's disappointed. And, you know, it goes on like that through the whole movie until he meets the girl at the end, and then all he cares about is her, so his girlfriend finally calls, which brings back to the beginning when his buddy said she'll call as soon as you forget about her.
0: Yeah, he's like... He's, he goes, well, what if she calls before I forget about her? And he goes, well, that's the thing is somehow they know not to call until you do. <laughs> it's, there's a lot of things in... Okay, so this movie's a little difficult to break down, honestly, without just kind of going plot point by plot mm-hmm. point, which I don't really love to do, but it's, there's so many interesting things in here. It's almost like a like a collection of little vignettes, but they're all stitched together perfectly, so Mm -hmm. they make a through line. But, like, the beginning of the movie, they're going to Vegas. Yeah. And it's like, they're screaming all the Vegas, baby, Vegas! And this is such... Like, there's a lot of really interesting language. So, the movie's called Swingers. There is a lot of allusions to Sinatra, Dean Martin, stuff like that, the Rat Pack, and... The Rat Pack had their own way of speaking. They called it Frankenslang in the papers because of Sinatra, you know? Okay. And it was saying stuff like, cuckoo, baby, daddy-o, you know, like uh, that, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, ring-a-ding-ding and all that kind of stuff was their little, like, hip speak. Because if you can imagine it, Carol, <laughs> like 40 years ago... Four middle-aged men were the, the epitome of cool in, in Hollywood. Right. But, I mean, it was true. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, you know, that was their thing. They do a similar thing here. They kind of have their own their own slang. Like, uh, what's his name? Trent is the character's name. Trent keeps saying to Mike... You know, you're so money. You're oh so yeah, money, money to the even whole know. movie. Yeah, you're money. Like, yeah, that's the that that's going to be one of the biggest things to come out of this. Is people going? You're so money.
1: God, that was annoying me. Like, I don't think that's going to take off. It's weird. I don't like okay. It. Well, I think, see. I guess
0: I think it will. But that's yeah. That that's a thing. And and they they're talking about the beautiful babies and everything. Yeah, they
1: keep calling each other. Uh, they keep calling each other baby too.
0: Well, they call each other baby like they like they're all Sammy Davis Jr. and <laughs> they they talk about women as the beautiful babies, which is yeah. vaguely creepy, but
1: <laughs> and they talk about women like they hate them. In the beginning, it was kind of disturbing.
0: Well, yeah, cuz he keeps calling them skanks. Mm-hmm. The skank shift, like these skanks and everything. Oh, like some ignorant uh like some ignorant Las Vegas waitress is going to get My obscure French philosophical reference. Because he says, they're in a diner and he's like, it says here uh, breakfast at any time. And she says, yeah. And he goes, I'll take the pancakes in the Age of Enlightenment. And then he's like, well, I should have said Renaissance or whatever. And she's walking by and he's like, excuse me, miss. And he's like, yeah, hold on, Voltaire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which is very funny.
1: So... Yeah, I think that's terrible and stupid to think for a second that uh, the wait staff is, you know, unintelligent, especially in a city like Vegas or LA, where people flock to try to make careers and right. end up doing service jobs.
0: Well, but what I think is, like, maybe the character is kind of like that, but I don't think the writer who's playing the character is like that. Right. Because the way he's writing it is he's writing them saying that stuff and doing that. But they always end up fucking embarrassed. Wrong, yeah. They always end up with egg on their face and stuff. So I think he's I think they're he's trying to highlight an attitude maybe mm-hmm. of some up and coming actors. Because he's a struggling actor. His friends are that are in this movie are struggling actors. Um and I think maybe he he obviously knows a lot of struggling actors and I think maybe he's that's, like, one type where they're all kind of, like, um, some of them are, like, arrogant and shit mm. like that. And I think maybe he's trying to highlight that. It's so weird. At the, at the beginning, <laughs> there's one comedy bit that comes out of nowhere. It's It was one of the funniest things in the movie. It's a completely fantastical element, and it never connects to anything again. What? But he... He comes into his apartment. By the way, every time he comes into his apartment, he strikes this pose in the doorway with the lights off for a minute before closing the door. It's weird. Weird stylistic choice, but whatever. A lot of this movie is substance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right, style, I mean. Style over substance. Okay. And he goes to his answering machine. Like, he's got a couple messages, and they're all like, hey, did she call yet? And everything, it's people back home. It's New Yorkers be like, hey, did she fucking call yet? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Get out of my way. Um, And so then the answering machine starts going, uh, you know, you can do better than her. He's like, yeah, thanks. There are plenty of fish in the sea. Like, it's just talking to him. Yeah,
1: it's, he's, he's losing like, it.
0: Yeah, that's great. And he, he's like, I got to make a phone call here. And he's like, are you calling her? <laughs> he's like, no. And then, you know, but that never comes up again. Yeah. And it's like, that's a funny bit, but does it mean something? Is it just his imagination? Is it supposed to be representative of how everyone's giving him this same robotic advice? Is it, like, what is it?
1: I kind of thought it was his imagination or giving voice to his inner monologue in a way.
0: Yeah. It's weird, though. Yeah. It's funny, so I'm glad they left it in the movie, because it's one of the funniest parts of the movie. But it's just, it's a weird thing that just comes out of nowhere, and everything else about the movie is completely grounded.
1: Yeah, that's true. This is the only
0: fantastical element in the movie. And it's like, there's no explanation for it, but I kind of like
1: it. I thought it was funny, too, how like the one night when they're driving around in L.A., there's like five of these guys hanging out together, mm-hmm. and each of them are driving their own car from one place to the next, all going to the same place.
0: Yeah. And they're, they're the Rat Pack. I mean, they are the Rat Pack. It's like Trent's Sinatra, and I guess Mike's, Mike's uh, Dean Martin, I okay. suppose and then uh sue which is you know one of their friends is like peter lawford and uh uh joey bishop is ron livingston and then uh the black guy that i don't think they ever give a name to hmm. is sammy davis junior
1: okay interesting
0: but yes there are five of them just like the rap pack and they all drive separate cars <laughs> It's very weird. The to me. most LA thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: Well, and you know, we're we're from Michigan. We're from the Detroit suburbs, Motor City. That's
0: right, cars.
1: But we still don't do that.
0: <laughs> no, it's, but I we drive a lot more than in other places. I think.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, well, I know like more in than New York. New York, they don't drive at all. But
0: Chicago, I think there's more walking and less. There's more public transit. That's the thing, like New York, there's public transit, D.C. there's public transit, Chicago there's public transit, there's public transit in most major cities in America, but Detroit and L.A., not really. No, there's none.
1: I mean, yeah, you can call a cab, but that's about it. People mover. It's not, it's not like uh, there's cabs everywhere, you have to call them. Yeah. So.
0: um, There's the people mover.
1: Okay, so the People Mover, but it's like a piece of shit. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, who wants to do that? It's, it's like dirty like the subways of New York. Right,
0: but not but functional.
1: Not Yeah, it just gets you like two blocks away. Like, what is the point?
0: Yeah, for those of you not in the area, the People Mover is like an elevated train, essentially, but it has three stops or four stops or something like that. Yeah, And like Carol said, you go in a loop of like a three-block area.
1: It's. I mean, so there's no reason shit. that you can't walk it. Yeah, exactly.
0: You might like Greek Town. That's that's essentially what it is. It's Greek Town to
1: Joe Lewis Arena. I think is a stop. So it's not much. No, it's not worth it. Um, what else? What else about this movie?
0: Well, uh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be my technical nerdy self. Go for it. Uh, there's a. And you mentioned it too when we were watch, or after we watched the movie. Uh, there's a couple moments at the beginning where they're using a handheld camera, uh, especially when they're in the casino. I assume they filmed at a real casino. Oh,
1: yeah. They did some weird disorienting things. Kind of shaky yeah. cam.
0: But I think that's budget, Terry. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't. I think they had to use... I think they filmed at, at a lot of actual locations, um, and they probably didn't have permits to film. You know, they probably did it like gorilla style, kind of. Um and I don't know how they filmed in the in the casino. They must have had to have set that up. with Yeah, they with had somebody, to, uh, because there's no way you could film in a casino. I mean, you'd see the camera. A camera's going to be huge, right? Um, but I think a lot of like the where the gas station and stuff like that, where it got pretty shaky. I think that's just somebody with a handheld camera, and I think that's kind of the best they could do. And then they sort of leaned into it stylistically because they didn't have a dolly there. They didn't have, you know, they couldn't afford that, right? Mm. Um, so, but they, uh, cause there's not, there's not a lot of tracking shots, no real dolly shots. There's not, there's like the, the shot composition is good. Whoever this Doug Lyman dude is, he can frame a shot, you know, there, this like shot compositions are good. Lighting is, is, you know, cinematography and stuff. Lyman is the cinematographer on this too. Mm. Also good. You know, like everything. Is competently filmed and framed. Yeah. But there's a, a lack of, you can see the lack of money. They don't have the technology to do lots of different kinds of shots. And this guy is, like I said, seems like a competent director, especially for a first-time director, but he's not like a Sam Raimi mm-hmm. from this area, by the way, where they, they like in the, the Evil Dead, the first movie that he did, they had the same kind of lack of budget, but for like steady cam shots they they, they built their own they put some boards they attached the camera to a couple of like wooden boards uh-huh. and, and used that as like a steady cam shot they did they did a lot of really fantastical things with steady cam and stop motion animation and things like that to you know to, to liven the shots up and everything and this dude's <clears throat> not that style. Okay. This dude's more of like traditional director style, but without the budgets. So, but but everything's nice. Every like in the technical aspect, everything's done nice. Yeah, and you know it's a. It's not. It's not really a traditional three act structure. It's k- kind of, but it's sort of like a meander towards the end. There's there's definitely a third act mm-hmm. to the movie. And I mean, there's kind of a first act and kind of a second act, but it's the two sort of the first and second act really kind of blend together a lot. Third act's pretty definitive, uh, but structure of the movie I think is is good. And the I like you like you talked about with the character arcs. I think the I think all the character arcs because there to me there's three distinct character arcs in this movie. Okay. Sue, Trent, and Mike all have character arcs. Okay. And I think all of them are handled really well. And I think that uh that there's a there's a satisfying payoff, especially for our our main character.
1: Yeah. I I love the way the movie ends. I feel like, you know, he meets the one he's supposed to be with. That's how it yeah. seems to me. I don't know.
0: The the quiche girl. She's played girl? by yeah, because she he says, her name's Lorraine. Oh yeah, Lorraine. And he says yeah. like the quiche, and she's like, he's like, I love quiche, and she references that book. I thought real men don't eat quiche, and he's like, well, oh, my reputation precedes me. <laughs> it's a very funny conversation. That's one of the big strengths of this movie, is the dialogue is very naturalistic, very like very believable. It the dialogue of this movie engrosses you in the film, Mm. and it's all like it all works really well together. Uh, She's played by another newcomer. She's been in a couple things, but nothing like nothing big. Um, What is her name? Heather Graham. Okay. So, yeah, they're all
1: newcomers in this. It's very fun watching them dance. Um, they
0: do the swing dancing,
1: mm-hmm. which, and, as
0: you know, I know how to do.
1: Yes, you I, have mentioned that.
0: Yep, and you don't know how to.
1: No, I do not.
0: So we don't swing dance, <laughs> but yes. I also,
1: do. I'm not like a petite little girl that can be swung around. Go,
0: daddy-o! You're petite enough. I could swing you around.
1: Well, yeah, you're you're pretty strong. You probably could.
0: Go, daddy-o, do. <laughs> Who's a big, big voodoo daddy is the band that plays in here.
1: Hmm. I've never heard of them.
0: No. They're one of those, you know, it's it's getting more popular now, the the swingy kind of bands.
1: I thought it was cool, too, the shot where they're in the apartment and there's the poster of the Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. And then not long after, they look like the poster when they're walking down the street.
0: Yeah, well, they talk about how everyone's, like, everyone steals from everybody else in Hollywood, directors, mm-hmm. writers, and stuff like that, and then they steal a shot right at of just Talks, which is hilarious. <laughs> it's very funny. And later, this is much a much more subtle one, later, when they go to that club, they do a one-shot, which they do a continuous shot of them going through the back, going through the back of the, the club and everything, through the kitchen, and then out the doors into... The full club, which they also referenced earlier, is a Goodfellas shot. In that conversation earlier, they were talking about how the shot, Scorsese uh, pretty famously um, choreographed everything so they could get that one shot where they're walking into the club. It's a beautiful shot in Goodfellas. Not quite to the same level here. It's fine. The camera's behind most of the time, and it's there's not a lot of dynamic camera movement so it's really just kind of looks like a guy walking behind them with a camera but it's it's stylistically it's a similar shot it's obvious it's an obvious homage and it's it's a decent enough shot it's just not nearly as visually impressive as the goodfellas one but again they're working with what they got. Yeah, again, we're talking about a movie that had an enormous budget with the most advanced equipment and everything, you know. So they, they I mean they I'm sure they had a uh, a portable dolly or whatever, you know, like, you know, a, a train or whatever they call that uh the machine where you know, just kind of the camera moves like that. So that's that's much different. So but it was it was a one shot. There were no edits. I didn't see I don't think there were any secret edits. Okay. Uh it was a one shot through the thing. So, I
1: mean, it's pretty good. So, but, I yeah. don't know. I don't have much more to say about this movie. Do you have anything you want to? I
0: go see it. I like it's it's very it's a very good movie. I I think this is one of the conversations where where we really didn't spoil the movie that much. I don't yeah. think there's much to spoil in the movie, honestly. Um, it's it's just one of those where you gotta experience it. It's a it's an experience movie. You it go and, and and it's like a hangout movie, like you said.
1: Yeah, it's just it's fun and comfortable. My favorite part
0: at the end was when, and I guess maybe this is a minor spoiler. I don't know, but. Uh, my favorite part was at the end where Mike's talking about how his girlfriend calls him, but he hung up with her so he could talk to Lorraine. Because that's the one he cares about now, right? Mm-hmm. And Trent's all surprised. He's like, oh, well, you didn't call her back and everything? And he's like, he goes, okay, I'm Mike, I'll bite. And he's like, you know, I was thinking about it on the way over. It's so hard. He's like, then it just hit me. When you and then he interrupts him. It's like he's about to give the answer every guy in the world wants of like you know, like love and relationships, mm. like all that stuff. Like like he figured it out. He figured everything out. And he's like when and then he just interrupts him <laughs> to tell him he's getting vibed. It's uh, yeah.
1: I didn't I didn't even like She's throwing
0: me the baby vibe.
1: Yeah, I didn't even really pick up on that. Like, you know how I'm kind of oblivious and easily distracted. All that happened that's was I got together. distracted. <laughs>
0: but yeah, so I thought that was hilarious. That was one of my favorite parts, too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's it's a great movie. I would go and see it if I were you. Let's make it a huge hit for uh, Johnny Favreau.
1: <laughs> and uh, don't forget to... Uh... Write us about. I was gonna say write us about your list, and then I realized that that was the last show that we recorded, not this show.
0: No, it was the show. The show's just been going on so long <laughs> that you think holy shit. that you think it was a show recorded a week ago. <laughs> it's time. no, it's, the, it's it's time it's the for 19th, me to go to bed. The nineteenth of October. <laughs> it's still nineteen
1: ninety six. Send us your list of your five celebrities. Yeah. At LateP1994 at AOL.com.
0: And tell your friends and do all that stuff. Do, do do, everything you can to make this the most successful show ever.
1: Which, you know, pass around the tapes and stuff.
0: We do appreciate We appreciate you guys telling friends about the show. We appreciate you writing to us all the stuff that you do. Yep. Uh, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.